a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A clap? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Benji says that's unhelpful, right? It's no, just... we should do it. Okay. Just, just to make sure. I'll set my mic down then. All right. Are you One, good? two, three. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not. Did you, did I? Well, now you know. Hi. Hi. Are we li- are we at the beginning of end times? <laughs> yeah, I think you we're at the beginning of end times. You have had nonstop sirens this whole time. Dude, it's... And I'm, I've got my screen up. Like, I don't know if you can see. I've got the my pop filter and, like, my shield. Oh, real profesh. Only because it's so hot in here. And we didn't want to close the windows. <clears throat> for recording because of that but I don't know with these sirens it's like I'm sure it'll I be might, fine I yeah I mean fuck what do people expect you know like shit is weird <laughs> right shit is now. weird we may as well just like lean into it yeah so on that note Welcome to the coronavirus edition of Good Witches, Bad Bitches. <laughs> Welcome. It's quarantine time. It's quarantine record time. Yep. Because Hannah and I... Hi, I'm Deanna. I'm one of the co-hosts. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hannah. And, <laughs> nice uh, to meet you. And we have done remote podcasting before when we've been on vacation for extended periods of time or our schedules didn't sync up, but never when we're both in the same city. But we are a good Boy. like ten miles from each other, and there's no way to get to your house yeah. or my house without extensive subway time. And nope. Yeah, in fact, Ben and I we were up in the Bronx. T- I guess it's two weekends ago now, but um, but it was really freaky because it was right after they had announced that they that we had 44 new cases in oh. New Rochelle. So it was Ooh. in it was like all the upstate cases the and and they'd announced a few in Westchester but it hadn't hit the city yet. And here we were on this train that goes from up, up like above way the city. uptown <laughs> and we were stuck on it for way way longer than we wanted to be because they were doing track maintenance and all of this crazy stuff. So we were packed like sardines on this train for two hours plus each way and just freaking oh, no. out the whole time like we just both had this extreme anxiety about the whole thing because it was like oh no it's gonna infiltrate the city and we're like here we are in the, you guys in are the, patient the epicenter two and three not patient Ugh. zero but patient two patient- and three <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and that's exactly how it felt and anytime someone had a cough Everyone on the train just like looked at them like, oh, fuck, is it you? Yeah. It was so it's so strange. funny because I, uh, I was reading this list of crazy quotes on Overheard New York. I don't know if you follow Overheard New York. No. But one of them was like, uh, these people were in Whole Foods and this woman coughs and everyone just stops and looks at her and she's like, I guess you can't even fucking choke in New York City anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, I know. It's like sneezing is not one of the symptoms, thank God, because Ben has had allergies. And oh, so yeah. he's, you know, we've both just been sneezing all over the place. That's and so funny. You know, and it feels like, oh crap, I can't even sneeze in public because even though it's not technically one of the symptoms, you know, there's so much anxiety and so much, so much fear about the whole thing. Yeah. You well, know. And I inadvertently have made my roommate feel like he's basically invincible. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> because there's a chance I may have already had it potentially. Right. But it could have been the flu or it could have been Corona. It was very similar symptoms. Yep. And my boss's dad is a virologist and basically was like, oh, no, it's been in this in the United States longer than they're saying. And then sure as shit, there are articles about how Trump knew in December that it was here, yeah. but he didn't want to say anything because he's a moron. It just feels ominous and weird. And like, we're all going to be writing essays about what it was like to live through the, <laughs> the pandemic someday in a big ass city i mean i know things are crazy yeah. even in smaller cities as far as panic and things but it's weird to think that i'm wholly without a job right now because oh, all man. productions were shut down basically <clears throat> all film and television is just like on its ass right now Mm-hmm. i mean I don't know. I don't know what what they're going to do about that. It's it's interesting to me that like once something like this happens, people start to see where progressive policies would have really helped us. Oh yeah. But can't admit that that's what they are. Like Romney talking about the the um universal basic income and yeah. how we should implement the emergency, you know, an emergency UBI and it's like man that seemed Imagine. like such a crazy idea to you guys Weeks two months ago. ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you're touting it as like, oh, I, you know, I'm on board with this because I'm a good guy. Like, well, you know, man. there's still people, too, who are like, well, it sucks <laughs> to be you, but every person should have at least three months salary saved up. Right. It's like, really? How? When we're all living <laughs> paycheck to paycheck and have to use all of the money we earn to pay our bills. And barely have anything left over. What? That's really not plausible, but okay. And it's amazing just, like, how quiet all of the billionaires are on all of this. Like, all of the people who could who could bail every single person out if they wanted to. Yeah. Just nothing. Silence. Bloomberg? Bloomberg? Do you want to put your money where your mouth is? Yep. Bloomberg's a great example. He spent... $500 million on his stupid ass campaign that was barely going to go anywhere anyway and insane. that's more than enough money to have what solved the Flint water crisis and like mm -hmm. why don't you go solve other people's problems you could you know eliminate a lot of student debt it's yeah <laughs> I mean our government won't do it so if you're as progressive as you say you are like come on help <laughs> help please help help um so yeah how have um, you been how have you been dealing with uh being cooped up not well no just kidding uh I, so i work from home generally so it's not terribly different for me but there are some key differences uh one being that i usually go work at a coffee shop in the morning right 
And I do that for a few hours in the morning just to like break up my day. I do a lot of walking around in the in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and in the morning because otherwise I literally do no walking at all. Um, and Ben is not usually here. And Ben is here today. Well, he's here this whole week and, and he's gonna be here for the next few weeks because uh, you know we're all working from home. Right. And so it's interesting because it feels the same and also entirely different. Yeah. And and I'm also, you know, my job is very dependent on like assessing creative works and determining the market for them and determining whether I like them. And so many of us are in this weird emotional state right now where like we don't know what what we want to read. We don't know what we want to do. Right. Like the idea of working even though now we have all this time is really complicated. It is. And I'm feeling like everything I do sit down to read, I'm not giving it its due, which makes me sad, but it also means like I'm taking some steps back whenever I feel that because I don't want to I don't want to give anyone's work undue um criticism or feedback just based on like my own emotional place but it's making me feel really passionate about everybody just taking space if they can if they are equipped right um to not bully ourselves about being productive or not productive I mean, I tell you, the way I've handled this, it's funny because, it, you know, I've, I've been so burned out at my job recently anyway, that my body's response to this so far has been, I, I've been sleeping in until like 10 a.m. is the earliest that I've woken up any day, but most of the time I get up between 11 and 12, Oops. which is so wild to me because that's not my general state of being. Right. Your body's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I need to catch up. Yeah. I haven't had any of this for so long. and But it's also stressful. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Yeah. But, you know, I've just been <clears throat> hanging out, watching movies, playing. I started replaying L.A. Noir, which is a video game. Oh, that, yeah. That Alex bought for me ages ago. That was like four dollars because it was used and it's for an old Xbox that we have. So it's like, by most standards, it's a really old game. But for me, it's still fun. I really liked L.A. Noir. So I'm still, I'm, I'm on the third disc of three. And I didn't realize I'd made it that far. So it's really exciting to be playing it again. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. I say go for it. Like, do what you need to do. You know. And uh, it's yeah. St. Patty's Day, and so Caven's cooking oh, some <laughs> some cabbage and making a uh, vegan corned beef seitan from scratch. Oh, my God. Did I tell you that I um, decided to just lean into becoming a kitchen witch this week, and I started a sourdough starter? Dude. Yeah, I'm going to try and make sourdough this weekend for the first time in my life. So That's awesome. Keep your Caven's been trying to me. make bread, too. I feel like a lot of us are stress baking. I'm like, just cooking a lot. Yeah, or cooking, stress cooking. I'm cooking a lot also. I'm certainly stress eating. Uh, yes, I think that's on the menu for... And I'm also being very sedentary, so... 
What, like we all are, man. It's so. It's so. It's a weird time. That's but indeed. I think instead of like doing an actual intro the way we normally do, well, I, think I think some of what we're just, we just talking about was an intro. I feel like this is going to be a record of this time that we'll look back on and go, man, is that really what we were doing? Like, that's what we had to do. Yeah. I think that's kind of kind of interesting and worth leaving it, leaving it as that. I agree. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh, no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively oh, yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. Um, so I asked you if I could do my person first <laughs> today and maybe it's Maybe this is an insensitive person to have decided to do, but oh my god, I think I just realized <laughs> who I think you're doing. Yeah. But I'm I not... was wondering if you would, if you were gonna figure it out. But you know what? I feel like some of us need um, reminders, and is this, we need... is this a, b- a benefit about the of hand washing? Potentially about the benefits of <clears throat> hand washing. Can I? Can because... I guess? Yeah, please do. Are you going to talk about Typhoid Mary? (laughs) (laughs) It literally just hit me. Oh my god! Yes, please do Typhoid Mary. I'm glad you asked to go first. (laughs) I figured if we if we if I did her now, then like next week when we are all just so destroyed after self quarantine and sheltering in place that like. We're not going to want to hear about Typhoid Mary. Right. Yeah. But we might be willing to listen to a Typhoid Mary episode right now. Oh, my God. Um, Yes. Yeah. So I was trying to be considerate, even though the person I chose is not considerate. And I apologize, (laughs) dear listeners. Um, So I got my information today from theguardianhistory.com, Wikipedia, npr.org, and pbs.org. And so Rory Carroll, or I'm going to, I, yeah, I think it's Carroll. Rory Carroll um, of The Guardian wrote an article just a couple of days ago. So I figured that would be a, yeah, that was a good one to to probably start with. And so I am going to read just a little bit from his, his thing. He writes, Mary Mallon was a, quote, super spreader before the term existed, a disease carrier so notorious she acquired a celebrity nickname, Typhoid Mary. Mallon showed no symptoms, but was infected with typhoid and triggered multiple outbreaks in New York at the turn of the 20th century. Oh my God, this is so topical. (laughs) The asymptomatic shit. Also, I saw saw your post the other day, yesterday, I think it was, where you were like, please people, take this more seriously than you are 
Like at it's, bare minimum, uh, yeah. consider yourself a potential vector and f- avoid going outside if you can. Well, and they did a study in North Korea based on because they were able to test everyone and they tested everyone, in not North just Korea? people showing symptoms. Or sorry, South Korea. Oh my oh. God, could you imagine North Korea? I was like, um, that's interesting that we even know any like, information. Wow. <laughs> in South Korea, pardon me. Um, and they found that people between the ages of 20 and 30 were often asymptomatic. Wow. And therefore the biggest causes of spreading spreading the virus because they were going out, they didn't know that they had it, and so they were just spreading it everywhere. Wow. And um, knowing that helped them create, you know, quarantine systems designed to keep everyone in place, but like, this is a virus that shows not, um, that doesn't show up in everybody. So, you know, typhoid <clears throat> Mary is a good example of somebody who was asymptomatic, but caused a lot of fucking problems. The single person. <laughs> like a single person. And she wasn't the only one. She was just the most famous one at the yeah. time. Well, let's talk about why. Yeah. So a century later, he writes, Rory writes, it is the turn of cruise ship passengers, air travelers, and millions of people in Italy, China, and other countries to be quarantined temporarily in the battle to control coronavirus. Measures range from pleas for social distancing and self-isolation to travel restrictions, bans on public gatherings, and strict surveillance. Mm. A church congregation at the center of an outbreak in South Korea is even being investigated for murder. Whoa. Just like, yikes. Um, what can Mary's case tell us about what we're dealing with now? Let's talk about her and what happened to find out. So, Mary Mallon was born in 1869 and migrated to the United States from Northern Ireland in 83 or 84. She lived with her aunt and uncle for a time and later found work as a cook for affluent families. Yep. From 1900 to 1907, Mallon worked as a cook in New York City for seven families. In 1900, she worked in Mamaroneck, New York, where within two weeks of her employment, residents developed typhoid fever. In 1901, she moved to Manhattan, where members of the family for whom she worked developed fevers, diarrhea, and their laundress died. Wow. Mallon, yeah. Mallon then went to work for a lawyer and left after seven of the eight people in that household became ill. Jesus. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> In 1906, Mallon took a position in Oyster Bay, Long Island, where she worked as a cook for the family of a wealthy New York banker, Charles Henry Warren. When the Warrens rented a house in Oyster Bay that summer, Mallon went along. From August to September, so the end of, or sorry, from August 27th to September 3rd, six of the 11 people in that family came down with typhoid fever. That's like less than a week. Yes. It, the I think the incubation period is much faster it's also it's it's a um a form of salmonella right so it's i don't know if that i don't know how salmonella transmits like how fast it transmits but it must be quick wow um the disease at that time was quote unusual in oyster bay according to three medical doctors who practice there (laughs) okay this is because typhoid was generally a poor person's disease It proliferated in slums and tenements and in places where good hygiene either wasn't practiced or it wasn't possible to practice. Right. That plus the density of people packed in small spaces. Exactly. It's a really deadly combo. 
Yes. So rich people rarely got it. And that was one of the reasons why it was so weird that all of the people she worked for ended up coming down with it because they were wealthy. Um, yeah. So, you know, she was, <laughs> she was subsequently hired by other families after uh, the banker and more outbreaks followed her. But Warren was like, the banker was kind of like, I think there's something weird going on here. And yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And so he hired a typhoid researcher and civil engineer named George Soper. <laughs> That's, That's kind of funny. Ironic. George Soper. <laughs> to investigate. Um, <laughs> Soper ruled out the water supply and the local shellfish and began to focus on the household's former cook, Mary Mallon, who had arrived in the house shortly before the epidemic broke out. Since... Uh, Sorry, she had since left, but Soper traced her employment history and learned that typhoid outbreaks followed her wherever she went. Which is crazy, because how <laughs> long does it remain, like, awake and alive and spreadable in her system before, even though she's yeah. asymptomatic, shouldn't she still be fighting it off eventually? Well, I'll get in. I'll get more into that later on because that was kind of their thinking. They were like, "Well, what the fuck is going on here?" And it was also one of the first times that they had ever really encountered um, someone who was asymptomatic. Oh, like they had never. That wasn't something anyone had ever thought possible before. Right. It was Where the first like, time in our she history. Constantly in these houses with typhoid, but she's not getting sick. Yeah. Yep. So it was like. Totally baffling because the idea of of not having symptoms of a, of a pathogen you're carrying was just not something they had ever considered before. Mm. Um, so for a little while, Soper was unable to locate her because she generally left after an outbreak began without giving a forwarding address. <laughs> and then he learned of an active outbreak in a penthouse on Park Avenue. <laughs> Rich people. And uh, discovered that Malin, yeah, is Mary there, guys? Uh, and yeah, he, she was the cook. Wow. Um, two of the household servants were hospitalized, and the daughter of the family died of typhoid fever. Jesus. So after he located her, he, like, I mean, I don't know why he thought this would be successful, but he basically went to the door and was like, hey, I need you to give me urine and feces samples. And she, she's was like, like yeah, no, cool, no problem. <laughs> Let me just get that for you. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go pull that out of my. Um, anyway, out of my ass, would, literally. <laughs> she would brandish a meat fork or knives and threats. She was like, "Get the fuck off my lawn!" Basically, like, stop talking to me. I'm not going to give you samples my of my own bodily fluids. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, oh. But he had enough evidence against against her in this case to go to um to go to the uh, local authorities yeah well i mean it's kind of smart that his instinct is first to be like let me get it's very um interesting to see the difference between what it would have been like a hundred years prior where they go this disease follows her she's a witch like she's yes where he was like can i have some of your poop <laughs> I think yeah. there must be something going on. Can I rule something out here with, with the scientific method, please? <laughs> oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I do appreciate Instead that. Instead of assuming that she's doing it on purpose. Right. And being nefarious. 
Right. Because that, no, she's honestly... No, she just being negligent, bruh. Yeah, that I feel like that would have been the first assumption because they wouldn't, because they didn't know that people could carry it around with them. Yeah, eat like, the rich. She's just going around killing the rich peeps she works for. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a fair assumption at the time. And I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have really blamed her for that inclination either. Right. Cut that. <laughs> uh, don't cut it. Don't cut it. Um, so it took the health department, specifically a Dr. Josephine Baker, which I appreciated, and mm. f- mm-hmm, five police officers to apprehend her. Jesus. Yeah. An official who had to sit on her in the ambulance compared it to being in a cage with an angry lion. I mean, I wouldn't blame them because she probably is sitting there going like, what the fuck? I didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Except You're arresting for, me for nothing. Except for she ain't washing her hands enough. Yeah. And is they it, found they found typhoid in her in her feces. And they which immediately means somehow sent her. She's touching her poop and, and not washing her hands. What's happening? I mean, yeah. She's wiping, you, not wiping yeah. well enough, not washing if her hands learn, well enough. If I you guess don't learn to wash your hands was, after you poop. garbage, yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, but this is how it is, you know? Poop talk with Hannah and Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sincerest apologies. Um, so, yeah, she went to quarantine um, on Brother Island. North huh. Brother Island. Where's that? In New York's East River. And tried Ooh. to figure out what to do with her, basically. Um, Malin never demonstrated any of typhoid cyst. Uh, symptoms, which include fever, headaches, and diarrhea. Jeez. Immune to the disease herself, Malin was the first person in the United States identified as an asymptomatic carrier of the pathogen. Um, Judith Walzer-Levitt wrote a book called Typhoid Mary, Captive to the Public's Health, and she wrote, she denied ever having been sick with the disease, and it is likely she never knew she had it, suffering only a mild flu-like episode once. Hmm. Yeah. So Malin was what we have now come to know as a healthy carrier, a person who is contagious but has no symptoms. Actually, fun story, uh, that was me with strep before high school. And really? you know you have to have, mm-hmm, you, know, you have to have a physical before you start high school. Mm-hmm. They, found, they found strep when I went to my physical and they were like, okay, well you don't get to go to school for two weeks. And so- And you're like, but I'm not sick. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, all right, it's basically vacation for me. I had to take antibiotics, and anyway, I had strep. I was asymptomatic, and it's really a thing. Um, so doctors theorized that Malin likely passed along typhoid germs by failing to vigorously scrub her hands before handling food. Yep. Um, and, yeah, if she went to the bathroom and didn't wash her hands, that's probably when she transmitted it to her hands. Um However, since the elevated temperatures necessary to cook food would have likely killed the bacteria, Soper wondered just how Malin could have transferred the germs. He found the answer, basically, in one of Malin's most popular dessert dishes, ice cream with raw peaches cut up and frozen. (sighs) Oh, I bet it was tasty, though. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's probably how she got so many people infected. (laughs) Um, When her condition was explained to her, she refused to believe it and fought back by secretly hiring a private lab whose results reportedly showed that she was free from infection. 
Nonetheless, her tests in quarantine continued to show typhoid bacteria, and she was detained until 1910. So, like, three years. Jeez, that would suck, though. Yeah, it was forever. And it was only once New York got a new state commissioner of health that she was released. So he decided, this was Eugene H. Porter, he decided that disease carriers should no longer be kept in isolation and that Malin could be free if she agreed to stop working as a cook okay, and but take did they reasonable give, steps. Did they give her another job that she could do? They did. Okay. They, um, they but, I mean, it, it wasn't the same. They had her doing laundry. Mm. And she was just not getting paid enough to do laundry like it just was not the same paycheck she couldn't live on it and um even though she gave her assurances and signed an affidavit that said yeah that said that she would never work as a cook again no no did she change her name and start working as a cook she changed her name to mary brown (laughs) no mary brown yes can you believe that Oh, God. She changed her name to Mary Brown and returned to her former occupation, despite having been explicitly instructed not to. girl. Mary Brown? Yeah. Oh, girl. And for the next five years, she worked in a number of kitchens, and wherever she worked, there were outbreaks of typhoid. Oh, this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That is a big fuck you attitude. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, Did she not believe them still, even though it kept happening? She didn't believe them. She never, she was like, you guys are crazy. I feel fine. Therefore, I must be fine. Oh, God. It was a true belief. She just didn't understand. And I don't think they ever did a very good job. It's a very millennial mentality, isn't it? Yeah, seriously. But I don't think they ever did a very good job of explaining it to her either. That would also be true. They probably didn't think it was necessary to explain to her. Yeah. She wrote a lot of letters when she was quarantined to, like, basically anyone she could figure out how to send a letter to and was just like, y'all are crazy and no one will talk to me and no one will tell me what's going on. And, you know, what's happening here? (laughs) So it was like she didn't have much of a clue, but also they weren't giving her much of one. And obviously I said that as a millennial, so don't at me, anybody. (laughs) Yeah, we're both in that boat, like, <laughs> you know. Um, so let's see. Do, do, do. Okay, yeah, so she changed jobs frequently, and Soper, back on the case, was unable to find her. Soper. I know. Soper v. Brown. <laughs> <sighs> oh, no! <laughs> Deanna! Oh, I'm so sorry, I had to. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> Um, okay, in 1915, Malin started another major outbreak, this time at Sloan Hospital for Women, oh, where she worked in the kitchen in New York City, and 25 people were infected and two died. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, she again left, but the police were finally able to find and arrest her when she took food to a friend on Long Island. Apparently that friend either gave her up or they figured it out. I don't know, but that was the that was the, the crux of it. Yeah. So after arresting her, public health authorities returned her to quarantine on North Brother Island in 1915. Um, they basically told her, "We've isolated the bacteria to your gallbladder." I don't know how they did that, but they said if you if you will 
uh, say yes to having your gallbladder removed, we will let you go free. And she said, fuck you. <laughs> cool. I mean, they're so, probably wrong anyway. They weren't. Really? Yeah. Crazy enough. Um, but she remained in quarantine on on North Brother Island for the rest of her life. Whoa. Um, I did not expect yeah. that. Yeah, but she I guess there she for the clearly rest of her couldn't life. be trusted to get out. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't doing anything to make their job easier. So she know. wasn't like, you know what? I'll be a cook, but I promise you, I'm going to scrub my hands with insane amounts of diligence every yeah, time. Yeah, she couldn't promise that. So, like, what are they supposed to do? I she just must don't have know. been a real sloppy hand washer. I mean, it kind of seems every that way, house it? that she cooked for. Come on. And I have no idea how. It like I don't know if it can manifest on your skin or like if you have it on your skin as well. Like I can't imagine that that's true. I think probably she was just unhygienic. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. It was an unhygienic time, so. Yeah. Um, she became a minor celebrity, Typhoid Mary, and was occasionally interviewed by the media, and they were told not to accept water from her ever. Smart. Like not they were. <laughs> Sorry. They were told not to accept even water from her ever. So nothing. Touch nothing. Do not let her give you anything. Don't touch her belongings. Don't. <laughs> Six years before her death, she was paralyzed by a stroke. Whoa. Um, yeah. And in 1938, she died of pneumonia at age 69. A postmortem found evidence of live typhoid bacteria in her gallbladder. That Wow. Yeah. Among the infections Malin caused, at least three deaths were attributed to her. However, because of her use of aliases and refusal to cooperate, the exact number is not known. Wow. Some have estimated that she may have caused 50 fatalities. Uh, other healthy typhoid carriers identified in the first quarter of the 20th century include Tony Labella, an Italian immigrant presumed to have caused over 100 cases with five deaths. What? Uh, an yeah, an How? Adirondack guide dubbed Typhoid John, presumed to have infected 36 people with two deaths, and Alphonse Cotille, a restaurateur and bakery owner. None were treated the way Mary was treated, living out their lives in forced isolation. Part yeah, well, of this is probably Mary's unwillingness to cooperate, right? <laughs> but there's also evidence that nobody did a very good job of explaining the issue to her, and so she felt angry, lost, and confused by a society that, in her mind, had chosen to target her because she was poor. And so she... Which makes um, sense, I guess, too. Yeah, she, she reacted in a way that none of these other carriers did and proved to be uh, an active threat. Yeah. Basically, whereas I, f I think these people um, were willing to make concessions that she wasn't. And, you know, I don't know. It's kind of kind of a weird thing. But yeah. that's Typhoid Mary. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. so topical. <laughs> I know. Wash your hands, everybody. Wash your hands. The thing that's really been shocking me is, like, the number... It's, like... Are people not washing their hands? Do people not wash their hands adequately? No, they don't. Which is insane. They don't like, do I, it. Granted, I don't wash my hands for 20 seconds every time I wash my hands. But, like, I wash my hands all the time. 
every time you go somewhere, touch things outside of your house. Especially I mean, in New York City. Oh my God. Everything's anytime nasty. I come home. Anytime I come home, I'm at the sink washing my hands. Right. Because you've been on the subway, you've been touching doors, you've been doing all sorts of like. There are eight million you know, people here. There are eight Every, million th- people here. You've seen how disgusting a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And they've done, you know, they've done their research. This particular virus is really vulnerable to soap. Just use coronavirus. Use soap. Yeah. It yeah. breaks down. Soap breaks down. It. It breaks down the virus somehow in a way that is more effective than just using hand sanitizer or just using, you know, water. All right. Do you want some on this day? I sure do. All right. It's uh, March 18th. I felt very fuck this about doing on this day today. I just, everything felt so like, okay, here's another battle. Here's another war. Here's another this. Here's another that. But also... We're in the middle of a pandemic. Ah! And so on this day was a little complicated for me today. But I did a couple of them. Some of the bigger ones. All right. Um, So March 18th, uh, 1881, Barnum and Bailey, traveling as the greatest show on earth, debuts at Madison Square Garden uh, in New York City and would last 146 years before closing in 2017. I didn't realize it closed. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I remember good. it closing, but... That's good yeah. news, because fuck those guys. Oh, I know, the animal... And their animal abuse. Abuse. I went to the, the circus so many times as a kid. It's so ironic to me that the number of, of like things we did as children in the 90s that inspired love of animals, we now look back on and realize how fucking horrific it was to the animals. Mm-hmm. I know. 1940... Mussolini and Italy join Adolf Hitler in Germany's war against France and Britain. Yay! Yay, fascism. Cool. Thumbs up. 1959. This felt um, apt for us. 1959, U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower signs the Hawaii Statehood Bill. Ugh, gross. Meaning he basically was like, yeah, this kingdom that we stole is now a United States state. Yep. Yay, yes. Fun times. Uh, da, da, da. And the last one I'm going to do, 2018, U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar calls on Mark Zuckerberg to testify before the Senate Judiciary in the wake of data mi- of the data mining scandal with Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, good. Yep. Yep. And that was March 18th. Thanks. Throughout history. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what are you excited about in this crazy, in this crazy time? Time. Um, I have to say, I just recently found out about how a lot of um, corporations that um, are in control of media are opting to release movies and stuff on video on demand earlier yeah. than they're expected to. So, Birds of Prey is coming out next week. Yes! Oh, and so fuck yes. I am so ready to rewatch that fucking great movie and buy it. And <laughs> Man. Well, and Emma is one as well. Is it? Yeah, Emma's they're releasing early and also The Invisible Man. Well, because Emma's still in theaters. Mm-hmm. And we've been dying to see it. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I have to look that up because I'm really excited. And Invisible Man, have you seen it yet? No, but now I'm gonna. Hannah, yes, yes, yes. Now I can. Yes. How oh, exciting is that? Those are big, giant. I was very excited. Mike's too close to my face. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's so okay. I'm excited about that because in all this madness, at least we can watch these great things. Oh, my I know. computer just kind of went to sleep. Please don't do that. Some great female-centric things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some, some lady movies. Yes. Yes. Yay. That is exciting. I like it. And also you uh, should watch the 2009 BBC um, adaptation of Emma if you haven't. Oh, I haven't. Where is it? I own it. <laughs> but you I don't do? know. I think you can probably watch it on Amazon. It's got Johnny Lee Miller in it. I'll have to look for it. Oh, I and, love him. And Romola Gary and Michael Gambon and... Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's really fucking great. And it's a mini series, so they're able to delve into... And it seems like the the one that they just made is is more frivolous and fun. So it'll be interesting to compare, but it's one of my faves. And hi, Benji. <laughs> and Johnny Benjamin. Lee Miller. <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller is fucking great as Mr. Knightley. I love him. He's a good one. Okay, I'll, I'll go watch that if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that concludes our first Quarren cast. I, I tried. Um, Corn cats. Co- oh no! Hi, kitty. Oh, he can't hear. Corn me. cats. <laughs> Hi. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> ah. Boom. <laughs> Hi, little floof. So that concludes our quarantine. Quarantast. Our quarantine cast, as I attempted to coin. Um, maybe it'll catch on. We'll see. Don't forget that in this um, unstable time, creatives are needing your support more than ever. So we do have a Patreon. We if have. If you're a able to work from Ko-Fi. home and have an in- income, if you are able to make yep. a donation, Deanna is essentially unemployed at the moment. Yep. So any. We're all a little precarious. Yay. So yeah. Um, we obviously do this for fun, but anything helps. And you guys who do help us on a monthly basis, we really appreciate everyone who has given us a coffee over the years on Ko-Fi. We really appreciate you guys. And um, yeah, just we're just we're here. We're gonna keep trying to do this as long as we can. Yeah. So, wash your hands. And on that note, wash your hands and peace out, witches. Bye. Wash your hands. Bye. <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. (laughs) Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. We love to receive emails. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air, uh, shoot it over to us. We would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gwbbpodcast. Become a patron and help us 
you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it, you can be a part of it. Also, to help us out, you can rate, review, and subscribe. All of, the, all of those things are extremely helpful for us. They help other listeners find us. Yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. (laughs) Our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moonbounce.